Hey, football fans, this is Diana Rossini from The Athletic. Get the top stories in pro football snapped directly to your inbox with our latest NFL newsletter, Scoop City. Jacob Robinson and I will bring you the daily scoop of top NFL articles, posts, and podcasts every Monday to Friday. Sign up for free now at theathletic.com backslash scoop. Time has come. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hoach. 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 Put it in the corner. Hoach. From CHGO, it's Adam Ho. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. It's one of the craziest games that I've covered live. But that crazy for me. I feel like, how many times a season do we say that? Yeah, but this one, like, I know. In the red zone... I'm, I'm not disputing what you're zone. saying. I'm just like, how does this franchise keep doing that? Anyway, uh, who cares? Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in, Hogan Johns, with you. Week 8, Bears, Cowboys. Oh, come on. You have to do that with the Southern Axe. Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? We'll get to that. This is like This feels like the big road trip game of the year to me like the one that i have the most bears fans on the road yes well they got the seats for him down there yeah there's plenty yes hundred thousand how much hundred thousand yeah yeah it's a cool stadium is it not doesn't it fit one hundred thousand fans for some reason i thought it was like in the 90s but you're probably right ninety thousand kent is correct yeah i thought it was still good yeah a hundred for the super bowl though Okay, what? <laughs> okay, where do the extra ten thousand seats come from? Well, they're probably standing room only. Remember, yeah. you've been there. There's like all that area. There's like so much area to just wander, stand, stand. temporary seating. That's what he said. Yeah, I don't know. Um, big news to talk about before we get to the game. By the way, Kent Garrison, our producer, is our guest today too because he, um, he's our Cowboys guy. So he'll be jumping on here soon to talk about it. And then, of course, we got this big Robert Quinn trade we have to discuss. But um, really excited about this. We have a we have some Bears tickets to auction off is how I should word it, um, because all the money from this is going to go to charity. But we have an awesome listener who longtime Hogan Johns listener who wants to remain anonymous, but has essentially donated Three tickets to the upcoming Dolphins game. So in two weeks, the next home game, I think it was that November sixth. Two weeks in Tua. Yeah. Um, and November sixth. He said, "Look, I got these tickets. I want them to go to somebody who can use them in the Hogan Johns family, and it'd be great if you know you could find a way to auction them off for charity." I said, "Great. November is twenty two Q Awareness Month." We always do stuff for 22Q in the month of November. This game's in November. It's perfect. So um, then I had to try to figure out how we want, we're going to do this. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to open up my DMs on Twitter. Oh, between okay. Basically between now <laughs> and then I'm going to shut them back down. I kick off on Sunday of this Sunday. So between now and kickoff of the Cowboys game on Sunday, I'm going to have the DMs open. And just if you would like the tickets, jump in there. Tell me basically how much you're willing to 
to pay for them. And then whoever offers the most, that's who will do it. I'll transfer you the tickets, and that's and all that money, 100% of it, will go to the 22Q Family Foundation. Do we know where these tickets are, and are we agreeing to, to meet these three lucky fans before the game? Great question. I have answers for both, although for you it might take a little bit of walking. Um <laughs> Then I'm out. Or making, or <laughs> making, or no, no, well, you can make a stop on your way. Um, so, first of all, full transparency, not the greatest seats in the world. We're not giving, these aren't 50 yard line, uh, you know, in the second row. They are 400 level seats. I want to say like the 15 yard line or something. Um, they are 400 level seats. So, you know, bid accordingly. However, CHGO is stepping up. Because we have a pregame tailgate before this game. And um, because parking is not included with the tickets, CHGO is also throwing in as part of this package that we're auctioning off uh, a parking spot at the CHGO tailgate and three uh, tickets to the tailgate as well, which includes food, drink, beer, everything, donuts, food on the grill. Um, we did this, our second tailgate. The first one was awesome. A uh, lot of people there, a lot of fun. It is at the corner of Michigan and Roosevelt. Okay. So, and it starts at, uh, I think it starts at 8 a.m. So plenty of time, show up whenever you want. So we're throwing in parking, throwing in food and drink at this awesome tailgate at the corner of Roosevelt and Michigan as well. So again, that's what you're, you, that's what you're bidding on three tickets to the game bears, dolphins in the 400 level, plus all you can eat and drink before the game, including a parking spot at the CHGO tailgate. It's pretty cool. Absolutely. And the money goes to benefit 22 Q. And for those that don't know, cause uh, it's been a year since we did our last like kind of big fundraiser for, for 22 Q uh, that is the genetic condition that my son was born with back in 2014. It is a deletion of the 22nd chromosome, and it can result in all kinds of medical problems um, depending on how big the deletion is. Uh, my son, just for example, has dealt with some, some heart stuff. He had surgery when he was younger, um, may need surgery again at some point in his life, uh, had difficulty eating when he was younger, had a feeding tube. Fortunately, has grown out of a lot of that stuff, but there's a wide ranging um, effects of depending, and every kid's different. So, 22Q Family Foundation is a great foundation. They provide support and scholarships um, to kind of further the education of some of these kids that grow up with this. And um, anyway, there's a lot of information. Please check them out at the 22Q Family Foundation uh, dot com, and uh, and and you can read up more on it. But all of this. We'll go to 22Q Family Foundation. Again, hit me in the DMs. Tell me what you are willing to pay if you Slide want the tickets. Slide into your DMs, yeah. as they, they would say. And then uh, and whoever offers the most, I will get you the tickets. And um, so if Johns is willing, I will be at the tailgate. I will be there. So you're 100% getting me. <laughs> and if Johns is willing to stop there, which we can, we can get your car in there for... A little bit if you want to stop by on your way to the stadium. Hold on. Do I get food? Sure. Do I get a picture with Greg Braggs? Oh, no. That you got to pay for. <laughs> but is he signing them? 
There's going to be a long line of, of fans just waiting for Greg Bragg's autograph line. He's going to have like bricks. He's handing out bricks and he, signing he, bricks. He's going to autograph bricks <laughs> and hand them out. For the well, then I'll, I'll definitely be there if yeah. that's happening. I would love to yeah. see that, actually. We, we can throw in a signed Greg Bragg. We can Bragg make this work. Brick, too. We can make this work. Just make sure I behave myself on the night of the 5th. <laughs> yeah, well, that'll be the hard part for you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Let's jump into the pod. Also, mention all merch at obviousshirts.com. And a portion of that in November also goes to the 22Q Family Foundation. Um, I got Hogan John shirt on today. Boom. I got a North Face. <laughs> a little bit more expensive. Warm. It is warm. It's cold outside cold today. today. The hell happened? All right, uh, let's jump into this big news yesterday. Robert Quinn, he gone. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's your what were your what was your instant reaction? Damn, they got a fourth round pick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. The the timing, admittedly, like I thought about the timing a bit. Admittedly, it's a bit awkward, right? You never like to see one of your star players have news broken to him while he's literally talking about other things which Roquan Smith was doing you saw the real emotion yeah I think a lot of people forget that players are real people too they feel things they have emotions all that stuff you saw from Roquan Smith he's gonna miss Robert Quinn um the timing is awkward because you just won a game it's 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 a move that needs everybody to sign off on Matt Eberflus included because that's gonna take some messaging some meetings to get over. But I like that Ryan Poles consistently keeps the big picture, the long-term picture, like at the forefront of everything that he's doing right now, as, as much as he wants to win every single game this season. Yeah, because another way to look at this is like, I get it. Like, it sucks. And, 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 and quickly, also appreciate that Ryan Poles just can candidly say, yeah, it sucks messing with the locker room culture right now but i gotta do what's best for the team in long term this is what and i'm paraphrasing now but he did say the part about it sucks messing with the locker room culture like it's okay to say that it's okay to be real about what the situation is so i actually for first of all when a big trade like this happens just have the gm come downstairs talk say real things there's no downside to it so shout out to polls for doing that first and foremost um and then it's like okay what is the downside the downside is probably a couple days where some guys in the locker room are a little shook up about it. But like, that's not a reason to keep a guy on your roster for the rest of the year versus acquiring a fourth round pick. Like, the, like he's not the difference between you winning a Super Bowl this year. That ain't happening. And even if like we're going to make a leap and a stretch that in the weak NFC, the Bears could end up flirting with a playoff spot. If we're still going to make that stretch. Based on how Robert Quinn's played the rest uh, so far this year, do you think he's going to be the difference there either? So like from a football standpoint, I don't really see any downside to trading him away. In fact, I think Dominique Robinson and Travis Gibson deserve to be on the field more in the in the big picture for the long-term view. So I view this as a win-win because I thought there was a bigger downside, and we don't know what the offers might have been in the summer, 
But I actually saw more of a downside from a football standpoint of trading Quinn over the summer, Johns, because I did see the value of his mentorship, especially in training camp when you're practicing hard every day and really putting in the fundamentals and the techniques. I thought that he could have a benefit on these young guys, and I think that has happened. So you kind of stretch that all the way to the trade deadline, and then you got a fourth-round pick for him. Like I, I think I, it's a perfect scenario. I, I think that benefit even stretches to the other side of the ball, where you had a left tackle, a rookie left tackle, fifth-round pick from a small conference in Braxton Jones who faced him every single day in practice. That became an added benefit as the as Braxton Jones earned that starting spot, right? Extra yeah. reps against him. I, I think, though, it is a very unique, let's call it a reality check. Just think of that locker room. You're coming off your best win of the season. You just beat Bill Belichick on the road in Foxborough on Monday Night Television by 19 points. That's the math, right? By 19 points. You're feeling good about yourself. You're feeling like you could win some games. And then, boom. One of your captains, one of your one of your four permanent camp, ca- captains, as voted on by you, the players in that locker room, is traded. It's a reality check. Like, oh shit, the Eagles are contenders. We are still a rebuilding team with a lot of work to do. A young team with a lot of work to do, and that can be tough to swallow. But it's the truth. Is it not? Like sometimes you have to like look look at the conversation in Green Bay. Like it's the, the, the truth and criticism is being discussed because Aaron Rodgers is throwing his teammates under the bus again. Yeah, that's that's a thing going on. But there sometimes you gotta have those real conversations. The Bears are a young team with young players start in starting spots on both sides of the ball. And this is a move made for twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four. The Bears need to get younger, they need draft picks, they need draft capital, all those things to make things work, not only for 2023, but beyond that. And by the way, I think the players are smart enough to understand that. They should be, yes. And I think eventually by Sunday, they'll realize that. I do think there's a difference between trading Robert Quinn and like a Roquan Smith and a David Montgomery. I think I think players are smart enough to realize that reality as well. Like Robert Quinn is 32 and in his 12th season. He's a prime candidate for trade. His contract is big. Roquan Smith, David Montgomery, they're potential building blocks. Guys in their mid-20s. Guys who have a lot of good football left ahead of them. Guys still in the rookie deals. Trading them would... like The message of trading those two guys would be a lot different than what just happened with Robert Quinn, in my opinion. What do you think is going to happen with Robert Quinn and the Eagles? Like, if you had to predict how many sacks he'll have for the rest of this season. Because one of my favorite things about Robert Quinn is just, like, how down to earth, like, (laughs) he's kind of hard to figure out sometimes. And I don't think he really wanted to move his family again. I mean, I think think that that was actually a thing when he came to Chicago. Like, there was an adjustment period there. I think that that actually kind of hurt him that first season when he didn't really produce at all. So there's that side of it, but there's also the side of, oh shit, I might be able to actually win a ring. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to probably 
be an extreme motivation for him. Just he's just gonna call his old buddy Chris Long. See how that worked out for him in Philadelphia. Yeah. I I, I side more towards the I think he'll actually produce more for the Eagles than he already has for the Bears so far this season. What are you asking for if you're the Eagles? I mean, you still got to keep your your um, expectations in check here. Five sacks? Five or six sacks. Five sacks the rest of the season, and maybe... He gives you one huge play in the playoffs. That makes well, that's it worth what you it. Want. You, you, you want that pressure when you, when you when you only want to rush four in the playoffs against whomever. You want your pass rushers getting home. And he can provide that. The juice should be there. I, I, I still think he has. He still has that very unique bend that he has. I'm trying to look up the, the Eagles stats right now to see who actually leads them in uh, sacks right now. Uh, I do know that Robert Quinn was facing a high number of double teams, more so than he faced last year when he went for 18 and a half. Obviously, he's got different players on the opposite side of him. Uh, no more Cleo Mack, although Cleo Mack missed a lot of time last year. Uh, and the scheme is a bit different. But I do think he should be able to provide five or six sacks in, in the regular season. Here. Let me just look at their sack numbers here. So you got Hassan Reddick leading them four and a half. You have Brandon Graham. With three, Fletcher Cox still there with three. So not a bad defensive line to be joining. Yeah, I think it's a good move for the Eagles. Like this could be a win-win for both teams. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's what that's what you were that's what you were looking for in, you know, hoping a team would come get Robert Quinn. And it would be a team like this that was that feels like they really need one more pass rusher to solidify their defense, and then you pick up the salary for the rest of this year, and you get a fourth-round pick. I Well, the Bears are helping with a lot of that salary, but... No, that's why I'm saying the Bears... I'm sorry. I was saying the Bears are picking up you know, the salary, and then you get a fourth-round pick, and now he's off the books, and now you have $125 million to work with. Yeah, I, I want to get... like If you're having difficulties, even if you're a player having difficulties realizing why this move was made... And you're under contract for 2023. Just look at what Ryan Poles has at, has at his disposal. More than 125 million in cap space, and now nine draft picks. Nine. After what looks to be a pretty good first draft for him, Gordon Brisker, Braxton Jones, Dominic Robinson. Yeah. That long. You gotta you gotta keep the long term. Like it, it's difficult for GMs, I think, especially and in particular coaches, to keep the long term perspective in mind. But I'm glad to see the Bears are still functioning that way because this 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 was easier for Ryan Poles than Matt Eberflus. This is a guy that Matt Eberflus has come to to covet, to enjoy being around, who he needs on the field, who's one of his team leaders, who's on that leadership council that he meets with every week. Now he's gone. Sure, you got young guys to develop, but you have to sign off on this move for Matt Eberflus. You're the one who's got to address the team every single day. No, that's a good point. I mean, you do... Robert Quinn is definitely somebody as a coach you like having around. And and that is a, that is a loss in many different areas that you have to adjust. But I also think that 
Matt Eberflus completely understands what the long-term picture is here. And they've probably communicated going all the way back to the spring about the possibility of trading Robert Quinn, whether yes. it was you know in June or whether it was yesterday. Flus should have been long prepared for this situation, this exact situation to play and this way. my guess is, too, that Flus and Allen Williams are sitting there going, yeah, we like what Travis Gibson and Dominique Robinson are doing right now. And we want to get them on the field more. So I don't think they're that... There's definitely an adjustment, but I don't think they're that heartbroken. Do you know who leads the Bears in quarterback hits right now? Gibson. Yep. Yeah. It's played well, in my opinion. So, um, all right. We do have to get to... The Dallas Cowboys. This is a tough game this week. Tough, tough, tough game. This is not. Uh, I think. We, I think we've got to be clear. This is not the New England Patriots. Like I think the Patriots. Now the question is, though, I think are, are the Cowboys overrated at all? Because we kind of learned that about the Patriots. Are the Cowboys? Um, so let's bring in our guy, our producer, Kent Garrison, to the show. What's up, Kent? Is this like the first time? I feel like I feel like this. Let is like me the just first be the time. first to say, yeah, first time, long time. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I've been here for years, honestly. Behind and, the uh, scenes, haven't, haven't popped on the air yet. So I want to say yeah, this is good. your first YouTube appearance. Yeah, absolutely. In uh, the yeah, flesh, I have like, I have yeah. been on the pod, yeah, a couple times. Yes, on the in the flesh. Uh, yeah, this YouTube thing has been awesome. Shout out to uh, the Hogan Johns Nation out there for supporting and tuning into the live streams and everything. It's been really fun to build with you guys. And hit the subscri- subscribe button and the like button yes. and, and all that jazz. Uh, Kent, so the thing about Kent is he he actually lives down in Texas and hosts the About Them Cowboys podcast for the athletics. So nobody knows what's going on down He actually used to work for the Cowboys, too, at one yeah. point. So uh, he knows the organization inside and out. And first of all, I want to give the Cowboys credit, Kent, because they weathered a pretty good storm early on this season. You you lose your starting quarterback week one in a game that didn't look that good. And they come back and what are they, five and one since that happened? Five and one? Yeah. And they, and for... Five of those games, Cooper Rush was the quarterback. That that's actually pretty impressive. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, you know, huge credit to Mike McCarthy, the the whole coaching staff on the way they handled that situation, the way they kept their head down when Dak went down and and brought Cooper Rush in. And shout out to Cooper Rush too, because this is a guy who honestly everybody had their doubts about. Uh, you know, even though he's done nothing but has success when he's gotten opportunities. Uh, He came in, uh, he knows this playbook, he knows this team, he's been around for a long time, he's been cut multiple times, he's been on other teams, he's been on practice squads. So, uh, you know, he's waiting for this opportunity, really, to have sustained starts in the NFL, uh, more than just a a kind of a one-off appearance. And so he's looking forward to this. He took advantage of the opportunity. And really, it was just fundamental football is what you saw from him. It was, uh, you know, knowing the playbook, 
knowing uh, your receivers, it was those reps that he had gotten in practice squad with Noah Brown, really, that showed in those few games, Noah Brown emerged as a, a threat on offense, so which we hadn't really seen as a sustained thing uh, before. So you really saw just the leadership ability of Cooper Rush, why they kept him around for so long, why they actually went back to him. He was actually the third string quarterback last year going into training camp and actually won the job to be this, the second string guy. The Cowboys have given every opportunity for somebody else to come in and be the quarterback since Andy Dalton left and Cooper Rush has taken the opportunity and run with it. I honestly was optimistic, like, man, Dak goes down if they win one or two of these games. I think that's a win. The fact that they came out of this thing essentially uh, unscathed is unbelievable to me. And, uh, you know, huge credit to the coaching staff, Kellen Moore, for making that happen. So what changes now that Prescott is back? Like just in terms of on the field operation, but also like the expectation for this team. You, you're, you're, your backup is now out of there. Your yeah. starter is in and you're what, five and two? I, mm-hmm. I imagine now it's full steam ahead. Let's become a contender here, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's difficult for Dak because... The sample size for 2022 is is just so small. Um, he's only played in two games really so far. He's still trying to put it together with this offense, getting some kind of a rhythm. Cooper Rush was able to do that over the few games that he was able to start. Um, but what you get with Dak is an explosive offense. I don't want to say they're explosive, but they have the potential to be more explosive with Dak on the field than they do with Cooper Rush. I think uh, – Maybe the playbook is a little more limited. Uh, certainly Dak can rush way more, uh, no pun intended there. Uh, he's he's way more of a threat to run than, than Cooper Rush ever would, so defenses have to worry about that. Um, and I think you just see the potential of this offense go up with, with Dak down the field. Now, can Dallas win and not be explosive? Sure, they've done it the past few weeks, but I think they want to be an explosive offense. Um and these receivers are really what's holding them the most back right now. Uh, I think the running game has been fine. The offensive line has actually been better than expected. But um, it's Dak getting on the same page with these receivers. And hopefully if he you know, can start multiple games in a row here, that will start to happen. How, how's our old friend Jason Peters doing? Yeah, oh, man, he's, he's been doing awesome. They actually didn't need him as quickly as they thought they would. Tyler Smith, the rookie, they kind of brought in Peters as – we don't know if how Tyler Smith's going to be. Let's bring in Peters, an experienced guy who's got some position flexibility, who can maybe come in if needed. Tyler Smith's actually been good. I mean, as good as you would want a first-round pick to be, but a lot of Cowboys fans and scouts didn't think he would be this good right away. So that's been a positive sign, and Peters has been kind of been able to, to come in and out when they've needed him, been a great presence in the locker room, uh, you know, huge leader. Uh, for that side of things. And so I think other than Zach Martin and Tyron still kind of around, but the offensive line room really needed leadership and uh, needed needed that kind of veteran presence and also some swing ability when guys go down. So Peters has been awesome, uh, but I think the offensive line has always been an asset for Dallas. It looks like Zeke Elliott's going to be out this week, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it does. And – that's another debate here in Dallas. I don't know where you guys fall on that and what you've seen with this. With this, oh, I'm team, a big Tony but, Pollard guy. I'm, a, yeah. you know, I think they, I think they should give him every single carry. 
uh, every single week. Oh, uh, this is a fantasy, a fantasy thing. Fantasy victory. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, there are there are Cowboys fans that think that though. Like like Tony Pollard should be the number one guy, and Zeke is your I don't know I don't know ancillary back, auxiliary back, whatever you want to call it. Um, but Zeke's been the guy ever since he's been drafted, and he's a huge leader on this team. He's a great pass blocker. He provides them a lot of flexibility. Tony Pollard certainly has had his moments and has, you know, a higher yards per carry average than Zeke. He's breaking off a lot more big runs than Zeke is, but Zeke is your consistent guy and your goal, your goal line back and your, your uh, short yardage back, that kind of stuff. And so Zeke wants to play. (laughs) So, if Zeke's healthy, Zeke's going to play. That's kind of the way it is. They gave him the big contract. Maybe they can get out of it here soon, but he's been productive this year. He really has. I mean, again, the Cowboys probably give him every opportunity to fail and so they can get rid of him, but he stepped up to the plate and stayed relevant in this offense. And so, yeah, if Zeke can turn it back on, he showed some ability this year, some vision that we hadn't seen since his rookie year. He had a he had a run against the Eagles that completely embarrassed some Eagles defenders when he cut back across the field and and completely broke some ankles. And we hadn't seen that from Zeke in, in quite some time. So it's encouraging. But, uh, you know, he's got to stay healthy. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I always feel like this is just like the identity of the Cowboys. Like always good up mm-hmm. front offense on the offensive line and just a good running game, right? Like this yeah. is what they, they, they do. This is what the Joneses like to see in, in their football team, is it not? I think that's you're you're probably right. It probably does go go to Jerry and Steven and and the entire I don't know upper echelon of the organization and, and how they want to play. They want to be a physical football team. They want to be a hard nosed physical football team. They I don't know if they want to be the Chiefs. Really, I don't know if they want to be the finesse football team. I, I think Cowboys football really is control the game on the ground. Um, and play good defense. That that's how they won championships in the past. That's a, a formula that's had success for them in in seasons past when that's been their identity with Jason Garrett. And so you know had a lot of had a lot of winning seasons then. Not a lot of playoff success, and that's a a whole other story. Maybe we get to that as the in the big picture of things. But yeah, I mean they want to run the football. Period. And I think you know keeping Amari out of the picture this year proves that. They didn't really replace him, and um, they want to run the football. You you gave Mike McCarthy some praise off the top. Has the view on him changed a lot, or has the view on him been different in Dallas compared to the rest of the country? Where it seemed like there was definitely a thought that he could, like he probably wasn't going to make it past this season as the head coach down there. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if this is the perfect comp. Like Mike McCarthy sort of reminds me of John Fox. I mean, they're different sides of the ball, guys. Mike McCarthy's offense, John Fox was was defense. But like just guys that like, yeah, they know what they're doing. Fox made a couple <laughs> Super Bowls. Mike McCarthy made a Super Bowl. That, that's but like when you really watch, well, yeah, but I know when you really watch them every week, it's like like there's a lot of people who think Mike McCarthy doesn't know how to coach. And like, right. John, is there is there any kind of coaching advantage happening here? You know, yeah, is there like, anything like you're bringing to the table more than your average coach? Uh, I mean, I know the resume is there, but I know what you're saying. Yeah. 
Like, like you know, like, like even when Fox got to Chicago, it's like it wasn't the worst hire in the world because he he had the experience to know like what needed to be fixed and buttoned up within the organization. I feel like Mike McCarthy mm-hmm. has done that. Like it's been a clown show at times down in Dallas, and he's he's like he's brought his experience down there to at least like reduce the nonsense, if that makes sense. But yeah. but at the same time, like I don't know that he's out coaching everyone every single week within the football game. Oh, absolutely. And I think he leaves that stuff up to Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn, really. I think he's really taking a step back in being the offensive head honcho. He's a locker room guy. He's a player's coach. And I think the the team really likes him. I think the team played hard for Jason Garrett. I think they understood what Jason Garrett was trying to do on the football field. But I don't know if the the locker room truly vibed with Jason Garrett as a, as a dude. And I think they vibe with Mike McCarthy as a dude. I think they vibe with Dan Quinn as a dude. I think they vibe with Kellen Moore as a dude. And I think that makes a difference here. And, you know, the results will speak for themselves at the end of the year. The offseason was insane, guys, with the Sean Payton stuff. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the narratives, the, the way McCarthy tried to swerve the narrative by going on radio and addressing the situation himself. It's like, dude, you don't have to talk about this. Like, you're making it more of a narrative by like, let me, let me just address this real quick, you know? Let me say something before we get into this, Dan. Uh, that kind of thing. And so Sean Payton's out there, and well, that's always that, been Ken. the dream. Yeah, it, what what would you put the percentage chance right now that Sean Payton's head coach of the Cowboys next season? How does this season end? Uh, I think it all depends on how the season. Let's ends. say they let's the, let's say they they make the playoffs. They don't win the East. The, the The Eagles still win the division, but they make the playoffs. They win. They win a wild card game and then they lose. Yeah. In the divisional round. I think if they don't make it, if they don't win the division or make it to past two rounds of the playoffs, I would say McCarthy's fate is probably up in the air. The way that things ended last year, guys, with, with San Francisco... Dallas had a team to be reckoned with last year. They had all the horses on offense, on defense, historic season for Trayvon Diggs, historic season for Micah Parsons, Amari Cooper coming on. You're winning games with Cooper Rush in Minnesota. You had all the horses and they blew it. And so if he doesn't do it this year, there's really no excuse left. I mean, we've given you one more year to, to to get this thing back on track. I don't know what one more year is really going to do at the end of the day. And if Sean Payton's out there, he's not going to be a free agent forever. He's right. going to get bored. There's going to be a contender out there that's going to want him. And so it makes too much sense to make that move at that time. When you have pieces on your team, the Dak Prescotts, the Michael Parsons, to make a run. Make the run. How about Dan Quinn? He was a head coach and candidate here in Chicago. I, I assume it'd be Peyton over Quinn, but tell us about what he's doing there, uh, at least this year defensively. Yeah. He's got a top five defense, does he not? I think number two or three in scoring. Something's yeah. going right for Dan Quinn. Man, he's been he's been awesome. The fact that he even chose to stay in Dallas was, was pretty awesome. I mean, he could have gone several places this offseason. I don't know if there was maybe a team that was going to be as big of a contender or have as many of the pieces that he wanted. 
as Dallas, so he wanted to stick it out, maybe play with these chess pieces one more year and see see what we can do. I thought the defense would take a step back, honestly, from where they were last year. Just statistically, historically, you don't see defenses have that great of a year two years in a row. It's kind of up and down usually, but they've blown me away. Uh, I think it's Micah Parsons is a generational talent, and Dan Quinn realized that very early on, brought him in, and the way he's been able to use him, it's really uh, – Micah described it, uh, I think, this week as a father-son relationship. It's, it's Micah treats it like, I don't want to let my father down, you know, when my father challenges me to do something. And so they really have that camaraderie as people and as professionals. And the way Dan has been able to move him around in the offense, I mean, he's played like, he'll line up at eight or nine different positions <laughs> across the line. Yeah. You can't prepare for that. If you're, a, there's no, there's no way to to actively prepare for something like that as a quarterback, as a, as an offensive line to scout, scout team that. And so it's just kept offenses on their toes. And um, it's really defensive genius uh, is all I can say is the way he's been able to handle this. We haven't seen anything like this in Dallas in as long as I, as long as I've been covering the team 10 years and I haven't seen anything like it. All right. What do you think is going to happen Sunday? You know both of these teams pretty well. Do the Bears yeah. have any chance? You know, I think I hate to say it, I don't I don't think they do because <laughs> of uh the offensive line. The way you know, Lucas Patrick taking a hit. Um I think Dallas is due for a big game offensively with Dak, which we haven't really seen yet. So um I think uh, Dallas is going to be able to get to Justin Fields, going to make things really tough for him. And I think Dallas will do some things offensively that we haven't seen. Maybe get, maybe try to get a little cute. They, they try to get a little cute with these noon games sometimes, Dallas does. Mm. They'll put out, you know, do some jet sweeps or do some weird things. So I anticipate that, especially with Zeke out, maybe they're going to have to open up the playbook a little bit more. We'll see how that, uh, how that unfolds for him. But, I'm definitely leaning Dallas in this game just because I think this defense is, um, you know, historically good. Okay, let me rephrase Hogue's question: Can the Bears cover? Yeah, the eight and a half. <laughs> I don't. I don't have them covering. I, I have Dallas. I, I have Dallas in a pretty big, pretty big uh, win here. Like by you ten. Want me or get 14? my score uh, prediction yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Or give us a score. There? I on our pod, I had Dallas thirty, Bears seventeen. Okay. Wow. The offensive explosion coming this week. We, we have to come up with something. I don't think 30 points is like an explosion, but for Dallas, yeah, it is this year. <laughs> we, we have to come up with something if, if the Bears do cover now, Adam. I mean, listen, uh, Justin Fields can run the ball. That, that's going to make it tough for him. I think this is going to be an exciting game. I told Johns, I think there's going to be some some fumbles, some interceptions, some, some crazy stuff happen. I just have that sense. I don't think it's going to be a 6-3 snooze fest. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, certainly Chicago can win this game if Dallas turns the ball over, which they haven't really been doing. So we'll see. All right. Well, the Bears have been fumbling plenty. They just never lose the ball. I don't know how. It's the most amazing thing ever, except on puns. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, what a right, buzz boys. kill, Kent. No, yeah. sorry. <laughs> I can't wait to see the reaction to that. 
Appreciate you, Kent. Make sure you're following right, him on Twitter at, at Kent Garrison. Uh, he's the best. He does a lot of great work behind the scenes for us, so make sure you're check it, checking everything out. Do you like Formula One but struggle to keep up with everything that's going on? Then we have the podcast for you. Introducing the Race F1 Briefing, the podcast that brings you the latest F1 headlines in 15 minutes or less. With new episodes dropping on all four days of every race event, you'll never miss out on hearing what went down in practice, qualifying or the Grand Prix itself. And we'll also bring you all the behind the scenes news and gossip from the F1 paddock as well. If that sounds like the F1 podcast for you, search The Race F1 Briefing in your podcast app of choice. We'd love to have you join us. It's a stretch for the three big questions. <laughs> I'm ready. Three big questions. Number one, who leads the Bears in sacks by the end of the season? Do you know who their current leader is, Adam Hogue? Roquan Smith? Yes. Good call. With with two and a half. Three? I was going to say three. Okay, two and a half. Travis Who's Gibson next? with two. We, we have three guys with two. Travis Gibson, Justin Jones, and get this one, Jaquan Brisker. Yeah, he got in there. I don't blitz. Um, two times. Yeah, I'm going to say it's Gibson, but let's not forget now. I mean, the downside of this is Robert Quinn not in the field, Robert Quinn not getting as much attention. Well, Robert Quinn getting zero attention because he's not there anymore. So there's going to be an adjustment period. I do I do think, like, as much as I do think these younger guys have been playing okay and should be out there more developing, the, the pass rush is just not going to be a strength of the Bears the rest of the season. It's just not going to be. And the reality is you can't trade Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn, regardless of what the production is, and expect it to be the, you know better or True. even the same. So who leads the Bears in sacks? I'll go with Travis Gibson. But where is he at now? Two? Two. Six. And I'm going to go out and say that I think Roquan Smith flirts with that as well. I think they'll continue to blitz him. He's a great blitzer. Number like two. It. You like it? Number two. How many design runs are you calling for Justin Fields? So there were 10 the last week, right? 10, 10. or 11. I, I, <laughs> someone had 12. Someone had 10. Someone had 11. Call it double digits. Okay. How I mean, many I are think, you calling? I think that gets cut like in half this week. Because one, I think the Cowboys spy him. I, the cool thing about Micah Parsons is you can literally every week do something different with him. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're just like, yo, this week you have Justin Fields. That's your job. Our best versus your best. See, isn't it kind of like he's a true game wrecker. He's a special player, but so is Aaron Donald. Like sometimes the answers to, to stopping Aaron Donald are running straight at him. Are they not? True. Maybe the Bears do that to Micah Parsons. Well, and 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 I should say, like, the thing about spying a quarterback is that it's more about um scramble. Scrambling. If you're gonna do a design run, you can block the spot, right? Like you can design it up that way. But 
I think the point still remains, man. If I'm if I'm Dan Quinn this week, that's I'm like, yo, Michael Parsons, just whether it's scrambling or design runs, like you're on Justin Fields because that's the guy who's gonna beat us. And oh, by the way, just the fact that we're saying that is a pretty good sign for Justin Fields. Yes. I would like the vibe I get from Luke Getty, like every time that he says, I want to see our identity on film. I could see him going to this game where, okay, we're going to call five to ten runs for Justin Fields. And I am daring the Cowboys to try to stop it. And if they can't stop it, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to do more. But I could see what you're saying. I, I could see instead of using Valus Jones Jr. As a, as a decoy, maybe a couple of those runs go to him instead of Justin Fields. Well, and what's I'm not even sure he was a decoy, you know, like that. It it, it looked like Justin was actually reading, you know, yeah. the backside and and chose to keep it. So maybe this week they over pursue. I think that's what's the cool thing if they're doing this correctly. And I do think that there's signs that Luke Getzey's doing this correctly. Whatever they did last week, there should be a counter from the same looks. So if they are going to have Micah Parsons stay on Justin, and you do hand it off. Now you're running away from Micah Parsons, you know, or whoever it is. They got some good players on this defense. This, the, let's get back to the main problem. <laughs> this is a mismatch on paper. Yeah, like it's it, it, it's not good. It's it, but I will say I like whether it's design runs to Justin Fields or just handing the ball off. You got to run the ball well this week. Because I'm 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 scared to death of Fields just sitting back there running yeah, running yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, get the ball out too. Like if there's any week where you really have to like overemphasize throw the ball away, Justin, it's a good week to do it. But that's where he's got to be better at these short horizontal passes. You have to be more accurate on them, or you can't call them. Like that's part of the quick game. You have to be at more accurate with them. Yeah. All right. Number three. Is Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn candidate for the Bears job that went to Matt Eberflus? Is he a head coach in the NFL in 2023? If the Cowboys continue this, yes. Yeah, I think he is. It was interesting that, you know, Kent said it earlier and he's right. There was a lot of interest in Dan Quinn last year and um, he seemed to be picky about what he wanted. He wanted the Bears job, then he didn't get it, and he just made the decision right there that he was going to stay in Dallas. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. I mean, when you can hitch yourself to a generational player like Micah Parsons, good things are going to happen. Plus, he's got, you know, I remember us talking about this. Weren't we, like, doing a pod on Dan Quinn when Matt Eberflus got fired, if I'm yeah. remembering that right? Mm -hmm. Fired, We're, not hi hired, not fired. Yeah. You're firing the guy already. Oh, no. He's not fired yet. That's like five years away, right? No. <laughs> I gave him five years. I wasn't even going to say anything. I said five years. Okay. Okay. That, that's that's a lot for a Bears head coach. It is. I'm just I'm just kidding. I'm just I shouldn't kid about that. But um, no, I was just that was just popping back into my memory. We were doing like a Dan Quinn special and then like the news or we just got done with it, I think, or something like that. Yeah. And then it was uh, Bears hire Matt Eberflus. Okay. We'll scrap that pod. Yeah, that pod is forever recorded. I think I still have it. Yeah. 
We actually interviewed a guest. Yes, we did. I'm trying to remember who that was. I well, I know what you're saying about Dan Quinn pulling himself out there at that time, but I do think it was the Bears' decision also going with Matt Eberflus. I generally like the idea of like head coaches just aren't picky enough sometimes. And I think Dan Quinn realizes that he's in a situation where he's going to be coveted for at least the next couple of years where he could be picky about situation. I'm not saying the Bears weren't ideal for him because I, I think there was a lot to like about the Bears situation for him just in terms of having like a clean slate. But like more head coaches need to be picky or more head coach candidates need to be picky about where they go. They really yeah, do. And, and, and I'm, I'm trying to tap back into my brain of what we were talking about on that pod. I, and I think I'm, I'm getting at it. Um, you know, I still think Dan Quinn is a, can be a good head coach. I think he was a good head coach in Atlanta. I think that the way in which they lost that Super Bowl, I don't know how many coaches could have recovered from it, especially when they considering they lost Kyle Shanahan. And I remember us talking about, hey, he deserves credit for hiring Kyle Shanahan in the first place. But also, the big failure was they never did a good job of replacing him. And that, I think, was ultimately the downfall there. So... That would be my big question, right? Is who's his offensive coordinator? I think that's got to be answered, but I do think he'll be a head coach. Well, I think just again, one quick thought on that. That tree, like you can't, it's, it's you can't replace a Kyle Shanahan. Let's be honest. One of the best play callers, one of the best run designers in the game, but that Shanahan tree, that Shanahan McVay tree has a lot more branches now in the NFL. And I think you can find, like the Bears found one, and Luke Getze. I think the early returns are positive. Over-unders. Let's go through this quickly, my friend. Sacks from Micah Parsons. I got it at two and a half. Wow. I'm going to take the under. I do think he gets at least one. Uh, But I I also think the Bears are going to have a plan for him. A lot of attention. Although that's every single week for Micah Parsons. I'm not, I do think the Bears give up some sacks in this game. It just might be some of the other players out there. Yeah, yeah. I would say maybe one and a half for Parsons. He'll give you that one sack early where you're like, oh, no, it's going to be a long game. But then the Bears adjust. Demarcus Lawrence is still there, is he not? Yes. Who's the other guy that has like six sacks right now? You make me look this up. I got it. You got it? Keep talking. There's a, he might even be a rookie. Dorrance Armstrong Jr. Yes. Number 92 for those at home. Like, they got multiple guys that are problems. So, um, he's a fourth round pick from 2018. Okay, so definitely not a rookie. Definitely not a rookie. He's a rookie in my brain. Dante Fowler's on this team. Yeah, they got they got guys. It's a it's it's a it's a problem. Um, so all right, next one. Justin Fields passer rating. I'm setting it at 77.5. That's very low, but everybody should know that the Cowboys are allowing opposing quarterbacks to average 77.7 this season. I am going over. I think he flirts with something in the high 80s, low 90s. Okay, unfortunately, I'm going to go under. Whoa. 
I just look, passer rating is skewed by touchdowns and interceptions that weigh heavily. And I could see this being a game where like the game's over and we're like, okay, Justin Fields was all right. You know, it wasn't a it wasn't a disaster, but I think points are gonna be hard to come by. And so I don't this might be a one interception, zero touchdown performance. Or maybe he scores a touchdown and it's with his legs. Okay. So I just think the passer rating, like last week, wasn't his passer rating like 80-something? It was in the 80s. And like, it was his best game of the season. So I, I just, I don't know that the passer rating is always going to reflect how he plays. Well, it's, it's, it's an incomplete stat, but it's one at our disposal if you're looking at opposing quarterback averages against a certain defense. Yeah. Long with an answer there. <laughs> Under. Over. All right. Shots by the broadcast of George McCaskey. You know Jerry Jones will be on a lot. I mean, if I was setting this for Jerry Jones, it'd be like five and a half. But for George yeah. McCaskey, I'm setting this at a half. Yeah, how many games do they even show George? <laughs> I'm just thinking about that. Well, obviously, well, I'm, I'm going to be watching at home during this week again. Um, Kevin Fishbane is going to Dallas for us. But I, I want to say like not a lot because usually some of those are shared on Twitter. Jerry Jones is always on TV. Always. He right. talks to the media after the games as well. But I'm going to say in this instance, there's one. One. I think you get a shot of the McCaskey family. Okay. I'm just going to say no, because normally they're not. I don't know. Maybe they can't find him. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Jerry, you know where he is. Well, Jerry wants to be seen. Here's my box. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> George to his credit, actually sits in the stands at Soldier Field, so a little bit more difficult to find. I'm sure he doesn't want to be found either. Now, you can find him actually walking through the parking lots. He likes to engage fans there, but you yeah. don't see him much on the broadcast. All right. Bold predictions. My bold prediction. I, I think I forgot it. <laughs> I had one and I didn't write it down and I'm now I'm forgetting what it was. Go ahead, you do yours. I'm gonna, it's gonna come back. I, to I am getting off the Cole Clement touchdown bold prediction. Oh, um, finally. Why wa- watch it happen though. Watch it yeah. happen. I am going to go with get this. Avalis Jones Jr. touchdown. Okay, well he did it two weeks ago. Yeah, but now he's been benched. Now he's playing like a dozen snaps on offense. Okay. Bench to punt returner. I think they find a way to inject the speed into the offense this week because I think they need it against that Dallas defense. Okay. That now I remember what it was because it has to do with the fumbles. Is it possible to have a negative bold prediction? I think the Bears lose two fumbles in this game. I just like the law of averages says you can't keep putting the ball but, on the ground. But, but they much. had fi- like, but it was a foggy, misty day. It had rained all day in Fox. I don't. You, you don't think that's part of the problem there? Maybe, but it's been an issue all season. Yeah, I some mean, of this was throws, more of an though, issue. Like, like some of those short lateral throws you're talking about for Fields, like that ball just looked like it was not even in his hand. Yeah, but so, and some of them have been snaps. Some of them that's have true. involved the center. And Sam Mustafer's back in there. Sam Mustafer gives you one or two plays like every game. You're just like, whoa, what is he doing? 
<laughs> he had one like the where the, he was like running around in circles or whatever. <laughs> so was that? I I have I, I I'm I'm assuming there was like a miscommunication, but he was like the only guy who 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 thought, and he's the center, mind you, the center, not like a guard, yeah. not a rookie guard, the center. Who he went he went out there like it was a screen. Everybody else just pass blocked. You don't play. I'm talking about. It yeah, was I, the do, sack. I do. I do. I think. I think that was just. Uh, <laughs> he was what? doing the right things a little bit. Like he was making sure he wasn't going downfield because you can't be caught downfield. There's a penalty. He he knew they're rolling the pocket to the right. I think he just couldn't figure out who the hell to block, and so it just looked awful on film. Yeah, but there were guys. Just, <laughs> it looks more awful because Justin Fields was getting wrangled to the ground. Yeah, but that was on fields like. True, he's got to throw the ball away. Yeah, I I know I know it didn't look great, but and then there was another play in the the one where Kari blasting game pancaked the guy in the end zone on the touchdown run. People were like, "What is Sam Mustafer doing here? He doesn't he barely touches the linebacker." Look, he got enough of them that the linebacker didn't meet Montgomery in the hole. So he still technically did his job. I'm not I'm not trying to defend Sam Mustafer. I just. I, I do think that there has been kind of a shift towards he's the punching bag of the season. He is, yeah. And it's, some of it's a little unfair. I'm not trying to claim that he's he was rightly benched last week, and it's a shame that Lucas Patrick got hurt, but I also don't think it's like some of it's been unfair. Like He's just kind of getting picked on at this point. But Okay. I, I agree with that, yes. Yeah. Just don't give us the plays. Don't give... Twitter bears Twitter that one play where like oh no yeah. I saw that going around and it it does kind of look funny but yeah um as we get to our predictions I'm catching up on you man you had a nice week last week you went four and two did you go six and oh I went six and oh the Bears game clinched six and oh so you are now twenty three and fourteen on the season. 62%, which is great against the spread. And I am one game back of you at 22 and 50. Wow. Like, for those gamblers that listen, it's, it's time to start. We're on to something. We're hot. Oh, yeah. After, what is this, year eight? We're finally good at this? <laughs> well, we're learning. I'm taking it a little bit more seriously, to be honest. But, yes. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Well, secretly. Just I'm, slight, slightly. I have no excuses. I've always taken it seriously, and I've always been bad at it. <laughs> Well, you probably take it too seriously. So the other option is, as we get closer to like the halfway point of the season here, you might want to start fading us. Yeah, true. Law of averages, something yeah. like that. All right. Well, uh, I will tell you this. Bears, Cowboys, nine and a half points. It opened at 10. And the Bears, it did move down a little bit after that Monday night game, that performance. So noon on Fox, our guy Adam Amin calling the game this week. Still looking for that podcast shout out. Didn't happen. Come on, Adam. Didn't happen in Minnesota. Just saying. He gets a chance to redeem himself. Just it's saying. Long flight down to Dallas, Adam. We know you're listening. Not that long. Two and a half hours. Eh. All right. I'm going to roll with the Bears covering. I, I just think they're that team. I think they're going to find a way to be in it. I don't think it's going to be pretty. Um, got kind of a weird score, but I'm gonna have the Cowboys win 19 to 16. Oh, 
19 to 16. I think the Bears have kind of found a formula where I don't think they're going to let the Cowboys get too out of hand with the offense like Kent predicted. But I do think the Bears are going to struggle to score. Like maybe they get one touchdown and three field goals to get to 16. That type of game. Yeah, I got two touchdowns, two field goals for the Bears. So that's 20. I'm going to go 24, 20. 20, 23, 20, Dallas. Nine and a half points is a lot. And the Bears keep games close. They're great on defense in the second half. Just got to keep the, well, if your fumbles prediction comes through, I don't know if they could cover, but right now, 23, 20, Dallas. Yeah, that's a problem. I do think they're going to lose the turnover battle in this game. Fortunately. Don't you think, come on, with this matchup on paper, don't you think there's going to be a sack fumble on field? Sorry. I'm I'm not trying to be negative. I I said it'll be a close game, 19-16. They're going to be in it. We are strong where we're strong right now, and we need to improve where we need to improve. CBS, noon. Dolphins at Lions. So back-to-back weeks for the Dolphins. I go to... Detroit this week, then they come to Chicago next week. The Lions are three and a half point home underdogs. Lions are the Lions. They have one win. They're not a good football team. Give me the Miami Dolphins by a touchdown on this one so they cover. Yeah, this is kind of a a weird It's kind of a weird line, to be honest with you. Because the, the Dolphins bounced back last week. What was the final in that game again? I'm trying to look it up. I had an eye. I had an eye on it. Let's see here. We had the Dolphins. Oh, that's right. It was the Sunday night game. It was kind of yeah. ugly. That's why this line's not higher. Because the Steelers certainly had their chances. It was 16 to 10. First game back for Tua. It is, but this was a 3-0 football team. That's now 1-3, and and their one win was not pretty. And, you know, the Lions, at least earlier in the season, were scoring more. It's not early in the season anymore, though. The Lions stink. (laughs) They are definitely uh, falling off the the train a little bit the last two weeks. They lost 29-0. They've been hard knocked. (laughs) 24-6. They go back home, though. It doesn't mean anything. They stink. It, does it? Lock here's, up the Dolphins. Lock here, them up. Here's their point totals. Wow, you're locking them up. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. We're spending too much time on the Lions here. But their, their point totals at home this season, 35, 36, 45. I'm taking the Lions. To I'm cover? taking the Lions. To win? To, to cover. I'm not saying win. They're getting three and a half. I'm taking the Lions. I think this is a suspicious line. I'll take that. Think about that. So take that and think about that for a little bit. Fox Noon. Cardinals at Vikings. Vikings a three and a half point home favorite over the... Uh, Speaking of weird teams, the Arizona Cardinals. 
Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins is back. Had a big game last week, 10 catches. <laughs> I think where I'm stuck on, on, on this really, the Vikings are 5-1, and one, but they don't feel like a 5-1 and one team. Yeah, everyone's down on them. I don't really understand it. Like, their like one what? loss is the Eagles. But they've won these games. I guess the Saints game was a little weird. It was in London. They beat the Dolphins. They look bad against the Eagles. So I think that's like the probably game teams are, or people are fixated on. Like, oh, they one time they played a good team. They they you know didn't even score. So I get that a little bit. I don't think the Cardinals are very good though. So give me the Cardinals and the points, but I could see the Vikings winning outright. Okay, I'm gonna roll with the Vikings coming off a bye. They're at home. I think they'll find a way to score. This could actually be like kind of a secretly fun game to watch offensively. So ultimately, I think the Vikings defense does enough, and uh, so I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Vikings. Good job by Equinemia St. John. He's gonna get the block. Fox 325 49ers at Rams. Rams are one and a half point underdogs at home yeah, here. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, how about that? Well, isn't there some thing though? Like, um, yeah, I got mad about this last time they played. They played earlier this season, and the Rams won, and everyone's like, "Yeah, do well, duh, the Rams have beaten them." <laughs> what? What's that? What? <laughs> well, because they they beat them like do, do that again. Who are you impersonating there? <laughs> Oh, the Rams, the Rams. I don't know. Well, they oh, that's what it is. Okay, the 49ers have beaten the Rams like seven times in a row yes. or something. Right? Yeah. No, they haven't. No. The Isn't Rams the beat feeling? them in the freaking playoffs last year in the NFC Championship game. Why do we do this with the records? Why does that game not count? That game should count more. It should count double. Am I wrong? Fine. <laughs> it's the dumbest thing ever. I'm taking the Niners. You're taking the Niners? Yes. There is something wrong with the Rams. But what what's so good about the 49ers? They, they keep losing. They lost to the Falcons two weeks ago. They got smoked by the Chiefs last week. <laughs> it's true. It was close for a little bit. Oh, man. All right, I'll take the Niners, too. <laughs> <laughs> What? And that's the facts. That's that's one hundred percent truth. All right, Fox three twenty five Giants at Seahawks. What do the Giants have to do to get any love? They're three point <laughs> underdogs. Well, I've given them some love here by putting them on the list. Like, I, I still don't think they're a very good team, but sometimes it's like I don't know. It's like that what two thousand one Bears team that just found ways to win. Yeah. Right with Dick Duran. I'm not saying it's a, probably a bad comparison, but I think you know what I'm saying, right? Like it's they're just winning football games. It's not pretty. It is what it is. They're six and one. The Seahawks are four and three. Same thing. Two winning football teams here. That's why they're on our five game list here. Well, this is tough. Like the, the Seahawks, Geno Smith's been. <laughs> it's hard to explain what that Dude is going like completing on. 100% of his passes. <laughs> I don't get it. Both of these, like, this is a stay away game for me. Like, 
what what are the Giants do? They shouldn't be this good. Geno Smith shouldn't be this good on the other side. I mean, I want to just take the Seahawks because I'm going to do it. It's in Seattle, and it you know it is still a home field advantage. It's going to be a different environment for the Giants. But I'm going to say, look, getting three, I'm going to take the Giants. Yeah, you're probably looking at a push here, right? Like yeah, probably. Seahawks by three, but I'll take the Seahawks. Yeah. Maybe this line's where it should be. It's just kind of a weird thing. All right, so two words, Aaron Rodgers. Um, Hall of Fame. Two words. NBC Packers Sunday Night Football. How about this line? 11 and a half point underdogs. When is the last time you saw the Packers be this much of a dog? Never under Aaron Rodgers. I I can't recall it ever. Oh, and we he's actually never been week. a do- he's never been a double digit underdog as a starter. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, um, I'm gonna pick him to cover, but I could see the Bills winning this by ten. Yeah, like a thirty to ten score, where it's not exactly close throughout, and Packers get a late touchdown, and it looks more interesting. But you know, thirty to twenty Bills, Packers cover. Yeah, I think coming off a bye, the win over the Chiefs, the finger pointing going on right now in Green Bay. Yo, the Bills have had some good wins this year, some blowouts. That's why this line is 11 and a half. I'm taking the Bills. I think they kind of run away with this one. They've shown up in good in big spots this season whether it was the opener against the Rams uh, Monday night against the Titans. They blew them out. They had the big nationally, you know, national window two weeks ago against the Chiefs in the afternoon, and they came through and won that game on the road. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Here's one final thought before you even ask. Strange year for veteran quarterbacks, is it not? Tom Brady. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Russell Wilson. I'm forgetting somebody else. But the old guys aren't playing too well. That's a good point. Who is the other one you're thinking of? Mitch Trubisky? (laughs) No, don't care. Okay. Is there another one? I was about to go look it up right now. Trying to think. I feel like there is one more. This Russell Wilson stuff's a wild man. Yes. <laughs> I'm actually not a Russell Wilson hater, but I understand the yeah. uh stuff that gets thrown his way. Oh. If that if that dude was working out on a plane over the Atlantic Ocean for four damn hours, Johns, <laughs> I, I, I I would open the door and said goodbye. <laughs> Are like you how, kidding me? Like, like, think about like the 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 thought process of this. Like, it's like you, you see it once. Like, okay, you know, he's stretching. He's got an injury to you know, it's a long flight. I get it. But then, like, thirty minutes goes by. An hour goes by. Ninety minutes go by. Like, you're sitting there, like, what the f, man? <laughs> Sit the hell down, man. Down. What the hell are you doing? Watch a movie or something. Yes. Be, be normal. 
Yes. Take a nap. What's worse? What, what? This is a good question for you. Would you rather be stuck on a flight uh, with, with a stomach illness? The transatlantic flight with a stomach illness. That's why I'm asking you. The, You've uh, experienced example this. Here, yes. Or the person next to you is up doing squats and high knees for four straight hours. <laughs> well, being the example in this, like I was that person who took advantage of everybody sleeping, going to the bathroom nonstop. You were doing high knees in the aisle for four hours. I was sprinting down the... <laughs> <laughs> not really sprinting, but you know that brisk walk, like, oh shit, like something's going wrong. I had that going on, but the 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 annoyance factor. At least maybe some people, if they saw me, like, oh shit, like he's not feeling well. I feel sorry for that guy. He looks like a good dude, nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> I feel sorry for that guy. Maybe maybe I've seen him on YouTube a little bit, but no, <laughs> Russell Wilson doing squats in the aisle. Get oh, out of here, goodness. man. Like he's stretching, he's putting his leg up on like on somebody else's chair. <laughs> he's got the bands going. He's doing that like squat band thing they do. You know what I'm talking about? It like almost seems like a Will Ferrell skit. Like he's got the he's got the headband on, and he's like, yeah, he's the high shorts. Yeah, stretching. That's what, that's what I picture. Squat thrusts and whatnot. <laughs> and then he like brags about it. Yeah. What? Read the room, dude. Yeah, yeah. One time. Um, I got that other veteran quarterback for you. Okay. Matt Ryan. Oh, yeah. Benched. You're right. Matt Ryan. There's some, like, incentive thing in there in his contract. I think they save money next year if they don't play him. (laughs) Jim Irsay move, huh? Yeah. I mean, that's embarrassing. You got benched for Sam Ellinger. Ellinger. Yes. Ellinger? Ellinger? No, it's just bad. This is not good. Like, at what point is Chris Ballard in trouble? Like, he, I, know, I know you had the worst luck ever, pun intended, with Andrew Luck retiring on you. But, but it's like, a long time ago now, man. Like, this is like five or six quarterbacks now. It's a long time ago. I'm of the opinion that all GMs have to be judged by what they do at the quarterback position. And that includes their willingness to take risks. And I think that involves a draft. Like, you eventually have to draft one. Well, maybe that's what they're finally doing. You know, my guess is they they like a quarterback maybe this year, and they're just saying, look, it's not our year. Let's go draft one. Yeah. Let's get in position to draft one of these guys. All right. Well, we got to get out of here. Uh, just a quick reminder. The... Uh, the tickets for next week. Slide so, in the Adam Hoax DMs. They're open, baby. Yep, they're open. I'm, uh, I'm shutting those things down right at noon <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> um, Yep. So I'm, I got to be honest. I don't know. You probably know better than me. Like, what is 400 level Bears tickets usually cost? No idea. Okay. But they do say there's not a bad seat in the house sometimes. It's so such field. So, like, a hundred bucks at least. Right? I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like what's just trying to help people out think about, you know, since this isn't like an auction where you can see what the last bid is. 
I do know our tickets to the tailgate. Actually, I should look that up right now. Parking around um, Soldier Field is not cheap. I can tell you that. So you're getting that value. Um, forty. The tickets to the tailgate are worth... I'm just telling you what they're worth. They're worth $46 with parking included, 95 So on StubHub right now, some 400-level tickets are around 150 bucks. Okay. So 150 times three, it's 450. Throw in the parking plus two things. I mean, you're looking at something that's like probably worth over $600. Yeah. Like vaguely. Okay. So just as a point of reference, I mean, bid what you want to bid. That's what it's worth. If you can't afford them, obviously, but all the money is going towards um, the 22Q Family Foundation. Uh, just giving you an idea of what the what the package is worth, as they would say, if you were doing like a silent auction. Usually, like they say, this is worth this or whatever. I don't know, but um, just jump in the the DMs on Twitter. It's got to be on Twitter. I don't check. I honestly do not get into Facebook messages that much. Instagram. So just for qualification purposes, Twitter. The way to go. Um, DM me, whichever is the highest one. I'll get in contact with you. Figure out a way to to uh, you know get the money to Twenty Two Q Family Foundation, and then uh, we'll transfer the tickets over to you. And once again, thank you to our awesome listener who again wanted to stay anonymous, but is the one that donated tickets. And thank you to CHGO for jumping in with the tailgate tickets, food and drink, parking spot. It's pretty good pretty good package so um yeah we better get out of here we gotta go to house hall bears bear bear bears all right follow us on twitter at adam hogue i should probably mention the twitter account at adam hogue at adam johns obviousshirts.com for all the merchandise and uh you can read johnsy on the athletic theathletic.com slash hogan johns i'm at allchgo.com if you're interested in the tailgate next week, you can go to allchgo.com too and you can buy tickets as well. Um, those are up there and it is going to be a fun time. All right, we're out of here. We will talk to you post game Sunday. Bears Cowboys. See ya. Respect the flus.